ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 and 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome into the Tuesday, September 10th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you being here with me today. And at any time you want to join the program, I got a phone line for you. That's right. It's the Miller Lite phone line. It's 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Now, you can also find me on social media if that's your thing. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan, and you can find the show on Facebook. You search The Drive with Paul Swan, you'll find it. We post things on there on occasion. You know, we've got, I would say, podcast links. Maybe sometimes when I've got a really special guest, I'll tell you about it first. So there are reasons to join the social media stuff, and you can do so, of course, on Twitter again, at Paul Swan, and you can grab me on Facebook by searching The Drive with Paul Swan. So, what do we got today? Today's uh, Tuesday, so that means uh, I get to spend a couple hours over at Marshall and hear what Doc Holliday's got to say. So, we'll get a little bit of Doc's press conference from earlier today. We're not going to get it all. Just uh, I got the highlights I want to go over with you. And then, um, had a chance to, and we'll hear that here shortly, Levi Brown. Make a special trip to just go talk to Levi Brown because, again, uh, he is one of the football players on that squad that I, I am super impressed with at all times. I I think he's a leader on this squad. He's someone that when you talk to him about the game, he knows what's going on, not just the game he played in, but the game ahead. So he's got a really good football IQ just talking to him. You can tell that. So we're going to hear from Levi Brown in a few minutes captains today doc announced this earlier uh, on offense it's going to be brendan knox and it's going to be uh, levi brown uh, couch and cobb on the defensive side for doc holiday so he likes the leadership there he definitely likes knox leadership he likes brown's leadership especially on offense and i'm not saying they need some leadership right now on offense they just need things to uh, go a little bit better than it did at boise state but be honest they can fix a few things to get the running back situation going because I felt that that was where they needed to go. Maybe they couldn't make that happen. Doc talks about that here later on. Just give you a kind of a heads up. He was asked later on uh, in the press conference as we went pretty deep into it uh, about how frustrating it was not to be able to get the offense on track in the second half. And he, he said something that really it even caught my attention a little bit more than usually because I'm listening to him, but I wasn't expecting him to go where he went with that. So that's what's coming up, and we'll get into all of that. So that's uh, basically the show today. Uh, we do have a few things to talk about, of course. Uh, Marshall Goff is uh, finishing the 50th Joe Fagan's Marshall Invitational. They finished 13 under. They ended up 6 overall, 13 under par. They finished each round with a score under par at 5-under in round one and 4-under in both the second and third rounds. So things going well for the Thundering Herd there. So that was a big thing going on. Of course, uh, we've got game day coming up. And I haven't felt it yet. Maybe maybe I'm missing it, but I just haven't felt it yet. Battle for the Bell. There's really not much of a ramping up for the battle. 
you got two good football teams, and I'm excited to see Ohio come in. I really enjoy the series with Ohio. I think it should be played every year. I know logistically that's probably not possible. I don't know if that's uh, something that Ohio and Marshall just can't work out schedule-wise or they want to take some other opportunities because, again, this is non-conference. If this was conference, I think this would be more exciting if this was conference. Obviously, it's not going to happen again. I don't think Ohio would ever leave the Mid-American Conference and maybe join Conference USA. Why would they? I mean, when I think MAC, I think Ohio. They're going to turn the lights off on that thing. But I do like it when these two schools get together. But Marshall just doesn't have a rival. But they do. That's a that's something. Listen for that later on. I'm just going to give you again. I'm giving you previews. I'm giving you a reason to stick around because Levi. I asked him about that, really. He came up with an interesting reply about that. But I just haven't felt it yet. It's the battle for the bell, and I haven't seen that much beat Ohio stuff around. I mean, this isn't, of course, this isn't Ohio State, Michigan. Let's just get that out of your head now. I'm not even imagining it's something like that. But come on, it's Tuesday. Give me some beat Ohio. I want to see some Beat Ohio on my Twitter feed. Get get going on that. Facebook, I want to see some Beat Ohio as well. Let's let's make this a big thing again. No, no trash talking, though. I don't want any bulletin board material. Just Beat Ohio. Hashtag Beat Ohio. Can I get that today from you on Twitter? That would be great. So we're going to come back here in a minute. We're going to talk a little bit about what Levi Brown saw when – he was looking at the film, his impressions of what this game's about. Later on, we're going to hear from Doc Holliday. We're going to work your phone calls in again at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. We're going to have some fun today. I hope you can join us for today's full edition of The Drive here, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. To come Doc Holliday, we're going to get his comments from his weekly press conference. But today's Tuesday. That means I get to skip office a little early. I get to disappear for a couple hours, head over to Marshall. Working. That's my excuse. I'm working. And uh, I got Levi Brown today. Got a chance to catch up with him now. As I mentioned earlier, Levi is one of my favorite guys to talk to. Knows the game, knows the game plan. Great football IQ. He's a great leader on this team. I mean, I could say it all, but I don't think you want to go through another 40 minutes of me just talking how great Levi Brown is. I think you just want to hear Levi Brown. So, Ohio game. He's uh, had a couple days now. Yeah, The best thing about talking to him today is uh, he has a little bit more time to get ready He's further along than where they are on Monday when we talk to the players. So, you know, want to get his impressions on the Ohio game. I've never played against Ohio, but I did uh, travel to Ohio last time we played them. And, I mean, for the most part, they're a really, really disciplined defense. And they have linebackers that will just come downhill and meet you at the line of scrimmage along with um, – you know, their D-linemen, their front seven in general, are, are very similar to the front seven we faced last week in Boise State aspect of um, D-linemen that have really active hands and linebackers that will come downhill and make plays at the line of scrimmage. So um, they're a tough front seven and, and a tough defense overall. That's pretty much the story we've been hearing all week. They're, they're tough. It's a Frank Solich team. They're tough, and you're, you're going to get that. But 
I wanted to really get his impressions because I asked him about, you know, hey, what do you what do you think when you hear Ohio game? And that's why he said, hey, you know, I've not played in it. I know about it. I haven't played in it. But we've been talking about the battle for the bell. And it's a rivalry, right? It's a, it's a series that Marshall and Ohio, they're, they're old-time rivals. They've got a history. They're an opponent that the Thundering Herd's familiar with or at least – the program's familiar with, fans are familiar with this game. They, I think, get excited for Ohio. And I just want to know from him, you know, is this a game that is more this week, hey, it's the next opponent, it's Ohio, they're a good team, it's the next opponent, or you know, is there anything to the fact that this is a rivalry game? And here's his thoughts on this rivalry between Marshall and Ohio. One thing that I've come to figure out in my five years of playing football here at Marshall is apparently almost every week's a rivalry game. You know, we've got EKU, you've got Ohio, we've got so many people that come out of nowhere and said, oh, this is a rivalry game this week, and I've had no clue. But, I mean, the Ohio, um, obviously, with the, the Battle of the Bay and there being a physical trophy, um, you know, you have an idea of the rivalry and whatnot, but um, it's not something that's preached to us that this is a rivalry game. You've got to go out and do the, you know, not just little extra things, but the coaches aren't telling us, you know, like, you know, watch your mouth, like how it's like a normal rivalry game where it's going to be people talking junk on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, this is more or less just a normal game for us and a rivalry for the fans at this point. But, you know, we accept every challenge every week. It's a, the same mentality of we want to win. So um, if uh, the rivalry kind of fire sparks up at this point in time late in the week, then, you know, we're all open and inviting for it. So. It's a fun game, obviously, when there's a trophy to play for, no matter what. And uh, we just look forward to having fun this weekend, playing against a really good Ohio team. Pretty focused, right? Level head. Look, we're going to go in there. We're going to play this game. Fans are going to get into it. It's going to be fun because this is going to be a good football team to play against. Rivalry. Okay, yeah, there's a trophy. We're playing for that. That's cool. But we're just going to go in. We're going to take care of business. We're going to play Ohio. They start saying stuff, you know, we'll get into it with them possibly. You know, we'll have some fun with it. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's business as usual. We're going to work. We're going to play Ohio. There happens to be a trophy. That's cool. That's what I'm hearing. But I'm hearing we're going to work. And they've got to go to work because they're coming off a loss, a loss in which they could have won that game. I mean, let's just go ahead and say it. Marshall could have won that game. Marshall, I'm not saying should have won that game, but they could have won that game, and they had opportunities to win that game against Boise State. And you got to bounce back now from that. You lost a game you could have won. The offense could have played better. you got Levi Brown here. He's on that offensive line. Does all that supersede any rivalry? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, offense was – we felt kind of let down walking off the field at the end of last week because it's, it's one of those games where, you know, we had things work and then you never saw those things come out to play again. And it's not something that, you know, players can control is why it kind of hurts us a little more. You know, every one of us walked off the field with kind of a hung head of knowing, you know, what could have been and what sh- what kind of should have been. But it's one of those things that um, as a leader, like I had to address the team yesterday. I was like, hey, you know, we can't let one loss turn into two. There, there's so many things we can control and so many things we can't. So let's control what we can and, and do our best to look forward and prepping for this week because a really good Ohio team is going to come in here and, and try and win and, and make one loss turn into two. And that's one thing we can't happen. So 
yeah, we kind of focus on ourselves a little bit more this week instead of, um, you know, looking so much at what the other team's doing because we know that if anyone's going to stop us, it, it, it will be us and it can be us. Uh, if you watch last week's game, you know, the opportunities were there to make big plays. It's just, you know, we fell short offensively. So just looking forward to correcting little things from last week and, and making our offense a little more smooth is, is the goal for this week. So, again, I'm hearing we got work to do. It's business. We're going to go in there. We're going to play the game. We're going to correct the things that we could have done better. We're going to hope win. We're going to go out there and try to not lose again. That's what I'm hearing. And so Saturday we're going to be excited. It's going to be Ohio. It's going to be the battle for the bell. And all Levi wants to do is get out there and play some football. That's it. Just go out there, play some football, next opponent, next team up. And it is Ohio. So when we were talking to him, he's obviously seen the film now. He, he saw Ohio and Pittsburgh. And Ohio, they had a little difficulty with Pittsburgh. So we asked him, what did Pittsburgh do well against Ohio? Uh, Pittsburgh is a, is a tough game to watch because they run, you know, old school weird personnel with three tight ends, tackle over every formation or something like that. So. Um, I didn't necessarily watch the Pittsburgh game as much, but I did watch the Rhode Island game. And uh, Rhode Island has a really good young offensive line. I think they have three redshirt freshmen like or something like that. But um, just, just run the ball and get ahead of the chains. If you get behind the chains or you're faced with a second or third and long, Ohio opens up its, its defensive playbook a little bit and runs a lot of internal pressures. And, and for playing center in general, and when they're running internal pressures, it makes everything happen a lot faster. So. Um, the key is to stay ahead of the chains and, and keep the ball moving because if you get in a third and long situation, they open up a, a big book of blitzes. One other question for Levi Brown. Wanted to get his impression on some of the personnel for Ohio. Uh, here's what he had to say as far as uh, who stood out for him when he was watching film. Um, they've got a few players that I think do flash on the D-line. They've got a really big uh, nose guard, number 99. I think he's one of their only 300-pounders. Um, like I said, really dynamic with his hands. Uh, 43 is uh, their uh, defensive tackle also. He's a kind of a smaller guy, but, I mean, he flashes in his pass rush when he kind of chooses to, you know. And uh, like I said, their linebackers earlier just come downhill and will make plays at the line of scrimmage if they have to. So um, they kind of look forward to plays like that where they can run down and, and bomb in the A-gap. So they're a really disciplined defense all around, but they've got guys that can make plays at the line of scrimmage. That's Levi Brown, his thoughts on the upcoming game. And, again, he's thinking numbers. He's not thinking names. Hey, yeah, this number, this number, and this number here. So that's what he gave us today. Uh, we're going to hear from Doc Holliday in a little bit as well, get his thoughts on the upcoming game between Marshall and Ohio. And last time these two teams met, September 12, 2015, Ohio beats the Herd 21-10. So you know where the bell's at right now. Hopefully it's getting shined up putting some polish on that bell, shining it up, getting it out of the broom closet. I don't know. I mean, Bobcat fans, did, do you have that on display? Is that displayed somewhere? Can I go to Athens right now, pull up the Peden, knock on the door, get uh, Rob Cornelius to open up and tell me where the bell is? I mean, can you walk me to that? Where's the bell at? Is that on display somewhere? That's what I'm curious about. I, I want to know if they're displaying that thing. Or is it like in a broom closet? 
I mean, it's small enough you could put it in a broom closet. But I'm just curious. That, that, those are the things I want to know. I want to know where's the bell being displayed. I'm going to find out tomorrow. I've got Rob Cornelius uh, from the Ohio Bobcats radio network. He's coming on the program tomorrow. And Rob's the kind of guy, I think he's actually coming in studio tomorrow. I mean, he's probably going to drive all the way down from um, the border between herd country and bobcat country. He's going to cross over a little bit into herd country, come down, do the show. We'll find out all the important stuff like where to eat because he likes to come down to Huntington to eat. He also will tell me, hopefully, where the bell's at. If it's in a box, it's in a broom closet, is it being displayed proudly? Where is it at? Is it shined up? Is it ready to go? They, these are the things I want to know, and we're going to find out. Rob's going to come on the program tomorrow and talk to us. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Rob will, of course, uh, break it down for us a little bit more and uh, give us his impressions on what the Bobcats can do and can't do against the herd and what he's hoping that Marshall can't do and can do against Bobcats in preparation for this one. But Doc Holliday, we'll get his comments when we continue. We'll find out what he thinks about the game between Marshall and Ohio. We'll also get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. On today's edition of The Drive, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, this is your Tuesday edition of The Drive. You can, of course, find us always on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. Tune in if you missed the program live today at 5. You can always go back and catch it. So subscribe today, Apple Podcasts. Probably the best place you want to go get it, but wherever you get your podcasts, hey, we're there. So we've got today's comments from Doc Holliday earlier today addressing the media and Doc naming the captains again, Knox and Brown on the offensive side, Couch and Cobb on the defensive side, and Thundering Herd gearing up to take on Ohio. All-time series, 33-20-6. This is going to be the 60th all-time meeting between these two squads. Marshall has faced Ohio more than any other program. So for Herd fans, at least longtime older Herd fans, this is a game that has a little bit more significance. Fans remember playing against the Bobcats, seeing the Bobcats, especially Mid-American Conference days. And, of course, prior to that, Bobcats have always been a program that has been a friendly rivalry. I think that's fair to say. 60th all-time meeting here. And, again, Ohio leads the series 33-20-6. Marshall has been catching up as of late. Ohio has reasserted itself over the last few games Last time these two teams met, Ohio beat Marshall 21-10 back on September 12, 2015. So the bell right now, so the shoebox is in a closet. It's somewhere. So the Herd and Herd fans will see the bell. It's going to be at the game on Saturday. And Doc Holliday, of course, after naming captains, always gives a preview of the upcoming opponent. And this is Doc's impressions about the Ohio game. You know, you look at that Ohio team, and of course, I got great respect for what uh, Coach Solich has done there. They picked to win the uh, Mid American Conference by their peers, and you watch them on tape. They got really good players, so be a great challenge for us. Uh, I guess we talk about uh, you, you talk about them. You got to start with the quarterback Rourke. 
he's an excellent player that can beat you with his feet. He can also throw the ball extremely well. So he's a guy that's going to create a lot of problems for us uh, defensively. They're just an excellent team. they got a lot of guys up front. Off it. They look like a typical high team, tough, physical, uh, extremely well coached, and uh, we got to make sure that we're the same. Typical Ohio team, a typical Frank Solich team, pretty much. And one of the questions that was asked to Doc today was similarities. You are a Herd fan. You remember Ohio quarterback Tettleton, right? You remember Mr. Tettleton? Pretty good quarterback. And there was a question today asked of Doc, you know, are there similarities between the last quarterback you saw, which was Tettleton, and your current quarterback, Nathan Rourke? And here's Doc's thoughts on that. Yeah, we talked about that as a staff, and uh, unfortunately there are. You know, Tettleton gave us fits, and, uh, you know, this guy's very, very, very similar. So probably kind of followed his career. You know, took over when he left, and and same kind of guy. I mean, you know, Tettleton was uh, – we talked about – he reminded me a lot of the Stockstill kid. You know, we played against at middle all those years, and this guy's the same way. He's just a competitor, and he can beat you with his feet, as I mentioned, but he makes every throw as well. So that's what makes him a real problem. So Tyler Tettleton, now Nathan Rourke, similar quarterbacks. I hope not. I really hope not because Tettleton was uh, he was pesky for the Thundering Herd. Now, Doc was asked the question about the passing game for Ohio um, and get his thoughts on handling that passing attack. I thought our kids, especially with Chris being out, you know, we should have Chris back this week. I, assume, I think he'll be back, but uh, – you know, that be, I thought our guys did, you know, handle pretty well as far as the throw game was concerned. And he was – this guy's very similar. I mean, just a competitor that uh, stands in there and, and takes some shots and makes all the throws. And uh, the difference in this guy and, and the kid at Boise is he can – he runs better, you know. And he's, there's a lot of design quarterback runs for him. And uh, so that will be another uh, part of the offense we'll have to deal with. Not only have to worry about that passing attack, you got to worry about that Ohio defense. Here's Doc on that Bobcat squad. They're a typical, you know, Ohio team. I mean, they're just, uh, you know, they're like clones. They're all just really, really good football players that know how to play the game. They're tough. They're physical, and uh, you know, they don't, they don't give up the big play. And they get lined up, and they, you, you know, they just, uh, they just play, they're so well coached, and they play, they, just, they play so hard, and they just, they play really well. So. They're, they're going to be, a, like I say, they're they're just uh, they're a challenge for everybody because they just don't make mistakes. You know, they get lined up and they play well. Another question to Doc, talking about the tough physical Ohio front on offense. You know, that left side, they're all back. You know, in the center, center's a really good player, and and they're all just like I say, they they never change. You know, they're all 300, 310. They're tough. They're physical. You know, they get after you, and uh, that's just kind of you know that's they're. They're like their coach, and uh, you know he's he's they, every time we play him, they're the same type of team that's extremely disciplined and well coached. They've got good players, and this year's no different. Now, finally, at least some of the comments from Doc today that we're going to play. One question was asked of Doc: How frustrating was it not to get your offense on track in that second half against Boise? Listen to Doc's reply on this. We got to do two things. I mean, there's two things that kind of happened there. Number one, we didn't convert on third down offensively to continue drives, but we didn't get off field defensively on third down either. You know, that they were able to sustain drives, and we had three or four third down situations that were third and long that we got to get them stopped on defense in order to put the offense back out there. So it was a, did we play well offense? Not at all. But that being said, we got to get off the field on defense as well. And, 
you know, give, give, our, give our offense a chance to get back out and make some plays. So it's a combination of both of those things. Uh, we got to do a better job converting on third down on offense, and we got to do a better job getting off the field. Uh, now, we kept them out of the end zone defensively, but they sustained drives. You look at time of possession in the second half, it was awful uh, in favor of Boise. So there was more to it than just us not being very good on offense. We got to get off the field on third down on defense and create more opportunities for the offense to get back out there. So when I heard that, it got my attention because, again, if you look at that game, Doc's exactly right. Defense kept him out of the end zone. And we've been talking about that for several days. Hey, defense played great, right? They held Boise to 14 points, kept Marshall in that game. They did a great job. Doc comes back with the critical eye. Hey, yeah, they kept him out of the end zone, but we need to get our offense back on the field sooner. And with that said, offense can play better. They got to do their part. Defense kept them out of the end zone, but there were a lot of times where they could have got off the field sooner, put that offense back on the field, and get a few more cracks at it. I don't know if I would have looked at it that way. I don't know if I would have looked at it that way because of the fact that I was focusing more on, well, the score is 14-7. 14-7, right? And Marshall ran 43 plays, 172 yards. Boise ran 81 plays, 437 yards, right? Time, possession, that's a big one right there. 39 minutes and 12 seconds. 39 minutes and 12 seconds. Third down conversions, Boise was 10 of 17. Okay, 10 of 17. You circle that one. Marshall, third down conversions, 2 of 9. Tube none on offense. They converted. Fourth down conversions. Marshall didn't have any situations. Uh, red zone scores, one of one. Boise State, fourth down, went for it twice on fourth down, failed both times. Red zone scores and chances, one red zone score out of four attempts. You can look at this in several ways. Marshall could have got the ball moving a little bit more, kept that defense rested a little better. Move the chains a little bit more. Defense maybe could have limited third down conversions. Ten of seventeen. You got to you got to seed that point. You've got to yield to Doc on that. That okay? What if Marshall's defense could have got him off the field a little bit sooner? Ten of seventeen. You're looking at that. Thirty nine minutes and twelve seconds. But I'm going to flip it back. I'm going to lean more on. I thought the defense played well. They did what they needed to do. I thought the offense could have helped them out a little bit better. Because third down conversions, you're two of nine. So you're putting your defense right back out there. The offense isn't sustaining drives, and your defense has got to go back out there and do it again. It's a team loss. Defense didn't lose the game. Offense didn't lose the game. Marshall lost the game. You can't point the finger and go, okay, defense, if you would have done something different, we could have maybe had more shot at it. 
You can't point the finger and go, hey, offense, if you would have moved the ball, got a couple more uh, possession changes, um, conversions, a few more things, you can throw everything out there. But that struck me a little bit when I heard him say that because I want to look at that again. Just third down conversions, 10 of 17. Time of possession, 39 minutes and 12 seconds. And, of course, he's got to look at it that way. He's got to look at it and go, okay, what can we do better on defense? Well, first of all, got to get off the field sooner. Defense, you got to get our offense back out there. I know the offense is struggling, but defense, you got to get them out there faster, best as you possibly can. Offense, you got to look at them and go, look, you got to keep that defense off the field as much as you possibly can, move those chains, get into scoring range, score some points, take some pressure off them, help them help you. It's it's a two-way street here. Each unit's got to help the other. So that was an interesting thought on his point that if you're going to get this thing going, you got to get a little help on the defense as far as getting them off the field, but the offense has got to do their part too. And so I think he was pretty – he was walking the line there, I thought, just explaining that defense kept them out of the end zone. That's great. They kept us in the game. We didn't have that many opportunities to go out there wasn't making the most of those opportunities. I mean, you could take this several ways. So that's Doc's thoughts on that. And a couple questions were asked of him, running back situation. He's going to be pretty fine. He thinks um, Knox is going to be fine. Also, he believes that there's going to be some guys that have an opportunity to step up. He can't wait. He's excited to see who's going to step up. And, of course, uh, if you weren't with us yesterday, um, the news came out yesterday that Thundering Herd running back Tyler King dismissed due to a violation of team rules and policy. Uh, the statement also read the department will have no further comment regarding the matter. So we move on. Doc's pretty much confident that he's fine at running back position. Won't be any problems there. He's got guys who will be able to step up, and he's looking forward to seeing who takes advantage and takes the opportunity that's going to be handed to him. Doc Holliday's press conference uh, every Tuesday. We'll uh, hopefully have it next week for you and be talking about a uh, victory against the Ohio Bobcats. We got more on the way. We'll take your phone calls as well. 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. This is The Drive presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Eight seven seven four two zero talk. That is eight seven seven four two zero eight two five five to be a part of the program using those Miller Lite phone lines. Don't forget, you can find me online at Paul Swan on Twitter, Facebook. It's searching the drive with Paul Swan, and of course, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. That's where you grab the podcast. If you don't have those services, well, you can get us on what you like. It's all about choice. It's about you. You can download the podcast today by going to your favorite podcast provider. So we've got Thundering Herd coming up on Saturday. Things are going to kick off. Uh, we're going to be on the lot a few hours early. I haven't got the details yet, but we're going to be back on the stage. Going to be doing the concert again over on the West Lot. Gate C is where they've got us this year. So I'm going to get the details. Who we got coming up? I'm going to tell you right now. Get to the West Lot early. Just tell them next year you want to park near Gate C. You want to set up near Gate C. Everybody wants to set up near the Thunder Walk. And that's, that's nice. That's nice. 
I get that. You want to set up, you want to be ready to know. Set up near the concert tent. tent. I'm just telling you. That's where the action is. All right. Um, coming up tomorrow, we're going to have Rob Cornelius join us from the Ohio Bobcats Radio Network. He's going to, I believe he's driving in town. He's going he's to hit the cuisine. I think what he is, he, he wants to hit cookout. They're not a sponsor with us, but they need to be. He wants to hit cookout, and I think he wants to hit a couple other places. Uh, I got to I gotta check. What does he have in Athens? That he, yeah, that, and what does he not have that he can only get in Huntington? I'm going to figure that out. We'll, um, I might have to drive him around tomorrow just to get him some different samples of things so he can take back home to Athens. Bobcats are coming in. Uh, it's been a few years, 2015. Of course, they're going to play this game. They're going to also uh, play a few more times, renewing the series for uh, another go-around, which I think is great that they're playing. It's too bad they're not playing every year. I wonder if there's a way you could just make this, hey, look, we're just going to schedule this game every year. That's my hope. One day they get to the point where, okay, let's just schedule this game. And by the way, if you search on Google Ohio schedule, you get the Ohio State schedule. So guess what? They're having a problem with Google because everybody knows that the real Ohio is in Athens. At least that's what they tell us. But look at the schedule here for Ohio. Rhode Island, Pittsburgh, the Herd, Louisiana Lafayette. Then you got your max schedule, Buffalo, Northern Illinois, Kent State, Ball State, Miami, Western, Bowling Green, Akron. You know what? I haven't... I wasn't thinking about doing this, but I'm just going to look right now. What games do they have scheduled in the future? Let's look at this. Let's see what they've got. Okay. What do I see as the Internet? Here it is. All right. 2020, NC Central, Boston College, at Boston College. They play host to Marshall. Then they've got a road game against Texas State. 2021, Syracuse, Gardner-Webb at Louisiana at Northwestern. 2022, they're playing Florida Atlantic, playing the lane train, at Penn State, at Iowa State, and then they play host to Fordham. 2023, at Florida Atlantic, Iowa State, at Rutgers. 2024, at Syracuse, South Alabama, at Kentucky. 2025, at Illinois, back in Huntington at Marshall. 2026, Cincinnati at South Alabama. 2027, Marshall. So, wasn't there? I don't know. Again, I don't know what the availability here was. So, couldn't you get a date for 2024, 2023? Do you, you not want to play that soon? Because, again, you're playing in 2025. The next game will be 2020, then you got to wait a few years before you play this one again for the bell. And I get it. You're pretty much already booked up. You got Syracuse, Gardner-Webb in 2021. I get that. I want to look at the Marshall schedule just to refresh me here. And here's part of the reason probably why. Because Marshall's pretty booked up. 
Now, there's still an availability in 2021 because they've got Navy, East Carolina, Appalachian State. There's availability in 2022 with Notre Dame, Appalachian State, and Bowling Green being on your schedule. 2023 is all booked up with Navy, East Carolina, Liberty, Virginia Tech. There could be an opening in 2024. you got Western Michigan, Liberty, Virginia Tech. 2025 is already all booked. Army, Western Michigan, East Carolina, Ohio. Uh, one slot's taken in 2026 with Army, 2027 at Ohio and Bowling Green. I mean, there could have been some schedule. You could have maybe got a couple in. Or maybe this is just we want to play. We don't want to play every year. We want to play a couple of times here in a few years. It'll be a fun road trip. We can all get together, reminisce. We'll have fun. We'll play for the bell. And then we'll see you in a few years. I mean, that could be what's going on. Because to be honest, rivalries are fun in college football, more so than anything. I mean, that's what makes college football a little bit different than pro football. Now, I love pro football. But, man, there's nothing like rivalry week, right? Rivalry week. Playing your rival. And, of course, Levi earlier saying, look, I've been here for several years now. Everybody, I find out every week, everybody's a rival. Everybody on the herd schedule can be a rival. I mean, to be honest, you could say VMI was a rival once, right? Or an old-time foe. Look at next year. Hey, East Carolina used to be a rival. You could say that. Uh, You can't say that with Pitt. 2021. Appalachian State used to be a rival. 2022, Appalachian State, Bowling Green used to be a rival. Played in the MAC, yeah, if we can say that. You go back to 2023, and you look at that. East Carolina is there. You can say they're a rival, right? You played them. 2024, Western Michigan, rival. Yeah, played them for some championships. 2025, you got three rivals. You got Western Michigan, longtime rival, MAC rival. East Carolina, longtime rival, Conference USA. Ohio, longtime rival. Not really, because there's so much time that separated everybody. This isn't a top of the mind, hey, it's Ohio week. Hey, it's Western Michigan week. I'm just using them as an example. Hey, it's Appalachian. So now, Me, on the other hand, I want to see the herd play Appalachian State. Give me that game every year. If I can't have the Ohio game every year, give me Appalachian State every year. That would be fun. Marshall, Appalachian State. I mean, I'm looking forward to 2021 and 2022. I'm absolutely looking forward to that pairing. And I'd be interested to see what Western Michigan brings to the table here in a few years. I'm interested in that. East Carolina, again, that's a fun, friendly rivalry here. But there's nothing on this that stands out. There's no chippiness. And I think, again, because time has separated some of this. And really, I've never thought of East Carolina as a chippy rival. I've never thought of Ohio as a chippy rival. Cincinnati is just a team that's in the region. That's a, a regional matchup of, of sorts. 
Appalachian State, so much time has passed. Uh, you know, I don't even know if you know people remember the Marshall Appalachian State games. I don't think they would. Fans will remember. Coaching staff not going to really. Yeah, they're going to have to tell the coaching staff, "Hey, um, this is how it used to be." The fans will tell them because when we roll into 2021 and you're going down to Boone, North Carolina. Uh, the only people that are going to probably remember anything about that uh, will be myself, probably Bill Cornwell, Keith Morehouse, Mark Martin will probably know something about that. Chuck Landon, he'll know. And by the way, before I forget, I meant to do this earlier. Happy birthday, Chuck Landon. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old he is. He's just getting up there. I'm going to join him one day at that age. But uh, happy birthday, Chuck Landon. Uh, he's um, one of my favorite guys, writes for the Herald-Dispatch. Love him or hate him, the guy gets you talking, and that's his job. And he does it very well. And uh, hope to see him around for several more years. Hope to actually see him more. He's been covering the entire state with his uh, new uh, found, I don't call it, he's just everywhere now. All right, that does it for this edition. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.